Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. Uh, you know, I just thought of something. What? We don't have an opener, do we? Nope. You have nothing? Nada. Mitch, you got anything? You might as well chime in if you do. Otherwise, send us to the intro. (laughs) Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. So your business has moved. Yeah. I mean, because you were yawning through all of, all of our previous shows. I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to yawn tonight because I still have to go down and do like 10 quotes. You are a yawnaholic. I haven't been sleeping well. So what is your, for everyone listening... I know this goes outside of probably your geographical reach. Okay. But you want to tell everyone where City Glass and Mirror no longer located in the heart of Grand Haven in the second downtown. What did they used to call that? Old Town? Center Town. Center Town. Still call it Center Town. Oh, sure. Whatever. But it's not there anymore, and I have gotten yelled at a lot in the last week and a half. Where are you guys now? Off of Cleveland in Spring Lake. 14964. Cleveland Sweet B. Or... Also known as the old Raha building, also known as a brewery. Also right across from that car dealership that normally has cool cars. Yes, Lakeside Automotive. There you go. Hey, we just gave them a shout out. <laughs> so today... Vandermill Cider, but they sold to Lakeside Automotive, so they will no longer be there. What? I just read an article like at the end of last week, something popped up because I'm pretty sure my phone knows I say Vandermill Cider 100,000 times a day to say where we're across from. And an article popped up and it was like, oh, the owners of Vandermill after 15 years sold to Lakeside for Lakeside expansion. Well, you have to wonder how they made it work there. They didn't have any land there, did they? I have no idea. I don't think much. And I can't imagine that being shut down as long as they are being a seasonal place helped. You're thinking they got shut down for COVID? Yeah. Why? They're outside. No, they have a whole interior restaurant. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, we're in. Can't say everything works. Can't say I can find everything. Can't say I even know my name right now. Well, I think you know your name. (laughs) (laughs) But we're in. So today's show, we're going to talk about what happens after the election, what the stock market is going to do. We're going to talk about what people are saying it's going to do. No, I'm not going to say what other people are going to say. I'm going to give you an all original opinion. Okie dokie. No, it's not completely original. I, I'm stealing this from actually an economist that I heard. But anyway, um, 
we're going to talk about, or I'd like to talk about, if we have time, DoorDash, the food delivery place. Yes. It reminds me of the tech bubble in the late 90s. Okay. And then somewhere in there, I want to talk about RVs and boats. And I know there's no way that we're going to get to all of that. <laughs> DoorDash, RVs and boats. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Well, it does though. So here's why it does. I'm a behavior. I study behaviors. I'm fascinated by watching econ- you know, individuals' behaviors and how it affects their economic decisions and their economic outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so... Oftentimes, right now, from an academic perspective, we would say that we went into uh, a possible recession. I think that's been um, solidified now, right? Right. Validated. And our bull market ended. Mm -hmm. We went into a bear market. And then we came out of that bear market already. We went into a bear market faster than we've ever gone. And we came out of it faster than we've ever come out of one. Right. I'm going to say we don't have really a term for this that I can find because the way we define it in the academic world is bull market, bear, bull, not bull, pause, bull again. Right. But look at what changes in behavior. So I'm going to give you from a behavioral aspect. From a behavioral aspect, if I burn my hand on a stove, Mm -hmm. like really bad burn, I mean like... Third degree. I never know which is worse, first or third. Third is worse. Why? But first degree murder is worse than third. Technically, no. Technically, no what? There are different definitions that go with first, second, and third degree murder, and you pick one of those based on the extenuating circumstances, and if you pick the wrong one, they could still get off. First degree murder is the worst of all, though. You, you know what? You're taking us down a rabbit trail. <laughs> You started it. I'm just telling you what I've read. But you're wrong. First is the worst. Anyway, back to a burn, right? Right. Worst burn you've ever had. Skin is peeling off. That's how bad the burn is, okay? And when you do that, though, and I did that, you know, uh, like two times, not that bad, but like where it blistered up about a month ago. Okay. Back to back. On the stove? Yeah. Shows he doesn't cook a whole lot, people. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I have this hard time if I put a pan. So if you put a pan in the oven to cook something like a sauce or whatever, keep it warm. I have a really hard time remembering that it's warm, that I can't grab the handle of a pan that I can grab when it's on the stove top. Right. I don't know why. It's just my brain doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It's like, oh, pan. Ah, so. But what happens, though, after you burn your hand really badly is you don't want to do it again. And after enough painful experiences, what happens? You remember or you stop cooking altogether. Right. It's a behavioral modification. Right. That's what happens in a downturn, though. See, the the economy goes bad. People lose their jobs. And there's two types of pains. There's actual pain or there's I perceive I'm going to have pain like anxiety, right? Fear is painful too. And so people either lose their job, then they have painful experiences staying up at night wondering how are they going to pay their bills? How are they going to feed the kids? Whatever it may be. Right. And then there's others that have the fear that that might happen and they also have sleepless nights and wonder how am I going to do all those things? Right. And what does that do, though? It makes them more cautious. So the economy is booming, 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 wham, goes down. Right. People go through pain, just like with the stove, 
and it changes you. But after burning your hand badly on a stove after six months, are you as careful six months later as you were a week after the burn? Probably not. Not quite, right? What about a year later? Definitely not. Two years later, you're probably as callous as you were before the burn, or maybe it takes three. Right. But time heals wounds. Time mutes pain. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, otherwise, all women would only have one kid. True. <laughs> Modern medicine now has drugs to take care of that, but, but time, time mutes pain. And so when we look at that from an economic standpoint, what that tells us is that the further we get away from those painful sleepless nights or those painful decisions, the less cautious we become in our activities. Mm-hmm. And so we start to become more confident. And as we become more confident, we spend more. Right. And as we can, and our, our economy is driven by consumption. Right. So as we get more confident, more confident, more confident, we go, we consume, 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 spend, 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 credit, 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 and then whoop bam, it right. goes down again. Right. And that will actually be a very good segue into talking about boats and RBs. Okie dokie. Let's take a quick break and then no more yawning from you. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon Keegan first at united.com. Welcome everybody to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. Look at that. You don't know your name, but you still remember the name of the show. Learned habit. What's our Twitter handle? Look at that. At Fireproof Show. How millennial do I sound that I just on the radio said Twitter handle? Very. Hashtag something. I didn't have Millennial? I thought about that, but that was too millennial to say. Hashtag hashtag. annoying. (laughs) Right. Hashtag stupid. <laughs> I hate hashtags. Oh, yes. Anyway. Technically because right. it's called the pound sign. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not getting on that tangent. No. All right. So today we're talking about confidence. Um, downturns in the economy from a behavioral perspective. Um, we're going to move on to that. We're going to talk about boats mm-hmm. um, and really specifically boat lending. Okay. And then what happens regardless of who wins the election. Right. I want to talk about DoorDash. I don't think we're going to get there, though. And that's the one that's kind of the outlier. Oddly enough, if I put those out three out there, boats, the election, behaviors, and DoorDash, it seems like boats is the one that right. doesn't connect. But it does connect. So here's the deal. From a behavioral aspect, we know that people consume more as they're more confident. Right. And they're willing to put more on credit as they're more confident. Correct. So here's the deal. 
in a normal downturn, we would see people become unconfident. Correct. They would reduce their consumption. Reduce their consumption, and some might even offload some things they don't really need. And things they can't afford. Right. And things will be taken away from them. Right. And they'll deleverage. That's a bit. That's a word we hear a lot during uh, volatile times. We hear about deleveraging. That just simply means that people get rid of debt. Their debt to income is less. Right. When you, in, in fact, not to bring up a ooh a political thing, but I, you know what? My my personal take on this is that our president, President Trump, probably does owe four hundred million dollars to various places around the world. Right. However, deleveraging or leveraging, when you look at the value of some of the properties, Mm -hmm. it's probably not that big of a deal because if he really had to offload something, he's got plenty to offload. Yeah, it'd be like you having a a cottage worth 400,000 and a main house worth 100 million and somebody going, I can't believe they're $400,000 in debt. Sell your cottage. Right. No longer in debt. Yeah. Anyway, so that's but that's what they're talking about by deleveraging. It would be having more equity, more asset, more value to the amount of debt. Right. Okay. So that's what we typically see in a downturn. People become less confident. They consume less, and they deleverage. They get rid of debt. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened in the pandemic? Um, we saw consumption go away overnight. Well, actually. You saw it drastically increase in sheer panic and terror and then go away. Right. <laughs> but when you're when you're not confident on your wages, you know, I look at like buying appliances as an example. If somebody's not confident on their wages, and I'm giving you um, an overarching example, right? The mass majority, not everyone, because there are stupid people everywhere. And quite frankly, we've all been dumb at some point. Right. I've absolutely done some of these stupid things. Right. But if you aren't confident in your wages and the dishwasher goes out, you probably wash your your dishes by hand. Absolutely. Now, on the flip side, when you're overconfident, or maybe we'll just back that off and call it really confident on your wages and the dishwasher goes out. You, instead of getting it fixed, just go buy a new one. Even worse, you go to Lowe's and you get the whole kitchen appliance package because, Mike, it's cheaper to buy them all at once. Right. Now, I, and, and we laugh. People will say that to me. Mike, it was cheaper. It was cheaper for us to have them all come in at once. And I'll look at them and say, no, it is never cheaper to buy five appliances at one time rather than one. But here's the deal. If you did it in a way that was sustainable and, and you didn't over leverage yourself, just understand that. Don't try to justify, justify by saying, well, it's cheaper. It wasn't cheaper. It's never cheaper to buy five mm-hmm. things. Right. It, it wasn't cheaper when your refrigerator was just fine and you didn't need a new one, but you decided instead of having the white-faced refrigerator because you're replacing your dishwasher with a stainless steel, you right. might as well get stainless steel for your fridge too. So we got a powerboat and we got a good deal on one. It was, And we like to buy them older, so it's from the 80s. It was an old couple who were in their 80s. Yes, that's true. And anyway, all this gets me to this point. This year, we end up buying a bigger powerboat We've got still the, from the eighties. We've got the sailboat. Still we, needs a lot of work. We've got the sailboat. It's rented out. We VRBO'd it. It ended up being a great lesson for our kids and a nice little side. What Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey calls it side hustle. Not just Dave Ramsey calls it that, but oh, yes, whatever. 
Everybody calls anything that's not their main job a side hustle these days. All right. So I'm going to share some information, though, that you might be upset with me. So we bought this boat. We paid cash and got a loan on the back end. Or you got a loan on the back end. Right. Now, here's how stupid this is. You got laid off for what? How long this this year? Seven weeks. So two months. You're in construction. Yeah. You could get shut down. You were shut down a first time. You well, could I could sh- get shut down again. I don't know. And... You could also just get cyclical and get shut down. Well, right, yeah. My dad's waiting for the other shoe to fall. That's 10-minute conversation on the car ride home. There's going to be mutiny after this election. We better batten down the hatches. <laughs> I love my dad. You know what? I- I'm going to put this in a way. I want to take a break because I, wa- I want to spend the rest of the show on this and what happens after the election. But I'm going to put... You've got great credit. And... and that's fine. And it took me a very long time to get it there. Student loans did not help my cause. I, I get all that. But when I put it in this particular way, you're going to see how aggressive a bank was and how ridiculous it is to have boat loans right now and RV loans. Right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back for a final segment. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call Legacy Financial Network. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Welcome, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. So today, we are talking about behaviors, confidence, how it influences the economy. Mm -hmm. And when we're confident, we buy things. Right. So in the last segment, I shared how we bought a third boat. And I get it. Just bear with me. We paid cash for it, took a loan on the back end, because the thought was we put the, the, the middle boat up for sale, and we sell that. That basically pays that one off. Right. No big deal. The thing that I'm saying baffles me is that a bank would not would loan to you. I mean, no disrespect by this, but you were laid no, off. No, would loan anything, period, for a recreational vehicle that is not a necessity. To somebody who's already been laid off. Right. And then you make this worse because banks are... Tra- Think about it. Interest rates right now, high or low? Low. Almost as low as they've ever been, right? Correct. So it means they are charged... They're getting less interest on this than they ever have before. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that people let go, stop paying when they lose their job? Extracurricular items. Yeah, the non-necessities, right? Right. Hmm. Boat. (laughs) And that's not going to happen from us. I hope not, at least. I can't imagine it would. But the thing that blows me away was how easy it was. And you look at boat and RV sales... And it's not just for us. The gentleman that we've worked with before Mm -hmm. said he has never had a busier year in his life than this year. Think about that. A boat broker is saying they've never sold more boats than that 
period. I think even the lone guy said the same thing. Yeah, he said it during um, during shutdown. They were still writing paperwork. Stuff wasn't getting processed because banks weren't as fast, but they literally had people write paperwork, write paperwork, write paperwork, write paperwork. He said he worked the whole time. And I, and I brought this up to people, and they go, well, Mike, it was the staycation. They couldn't go anywhere, so they're spending it. Yeah, but they're doing loans on recreational vehicles, getting the least amount of interest they've ever gotten. How does that make? How does that not worry everybody? And on non-guaranteed income. Right. Well, I'm. Mean, they're looking at a w, you're a W two employee. Well, right, but for seven weeks, the majority for longer than that. For seven weeks, the majority of the population oh, right. was out for. 12, 16. I'm guessing they were underwriting that maybe on one spouse still working or maybe both spouses still were. Um, but going back to confidence, people buy big ticket items, boats, RVs, toys, when they are confident. Right. So the reason I say I don't think we've gone into a real downturn is because the confidence never went away. Consumption didn't materially change. We didn't have behavioral modification. You burn your hand on the stove really bad like we talked about. You change the way you react around the stove for a while. Right. When we have an actual recession, people change the way they handle money. They change the way they handle debt. They change the way they handle consumption. But people didn't do that this time because they were getting extra money. Ding, ding, ding. That's, That's the problem. I, and, and, and that very well could be. I think the extra money led to confidence. But to, for me, I don't even really care what the source of it. I'm just looking at the, the outcome. The outcome is... People buying RVs and boats faster than they ever had, or at quantities that are setting records. Right, because they were getting extra 300 bucks a month that they didn't, or every paycheck. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Right, no, I understand that. But I'm saying when you have exponentially that much more money that's coming in and you're not working and you're bored, you sit here and go, well, I get this extra money this month, so what am I going to spend it on? And I, and again, you're diving, you're trying to explain it. I don't even want to explain why. I'm just looking at the outcome saying people have a high level of confidence, which is why they're consuming the way they're consuming. Right. And that is why I don't think we've had an actual downturn. And no. that is why I don't think. So typically the academic world would say we have seven years of econ of a bull market on average ahead of us of economic expansion right. ahead of us. Because we had a bear and now it's back to a bull. Yeah. I don't S think so. Statistically speaking, that's what we'd have. But we didn't have, from what I can see, from what we just talked about, behavioral modification. So here's the deal. So what happens after the election? Uh, obviously, you alluded before the break that you know your, your dad is predicting a, a revolution. And I hear those things from people too. But let's just talk about the stock market for a minute. Okay. If you're a... If you're a, if you want a President Biden, you're probably not worried about the stock market if you get a President Trump. Right. The market did well. It did. And you can't say that the tank this year was anything that he did. You I'm could sorry. say it was you, his response. They could, and I yeah. hear it. I, I'm not saying that, you know, that's the case, but that's certainly an argument. True. But you're probably not arguing that the market, the stock market, and, and you can argue who it benefits, but I'm just talking about the stock market right now. Don't get lost in these extraneous, these, you know, little tributaries. The, probably those people aren't worried about how the market will do. Right. 
Now, if you are uh, wanting a President Trump, you're obviously not worried about what the market would do under a President Trump, but you're probably worried about what happens, what the market, the stock market is going to do under a President Biden. Absolutely. And that's what I think is probably most concerning to people. What is going to happen to the stock market? And when I say that, I'm not being, I'm not saying anything negative to a President Biden. It's people who want President Biden aren't worried about the stock market if President Trump wins. And so President Trump people aren't worried about what happens if President Trump wins. Therefore, and people who want Biden aren't worried about what happens to the market if Biden wins. Therefore, there's only one group that's worried if somebody wins, and that would be President Trump supporters are worried what the market's going to do if Biden wins. Make sense? Yeah. So what happens? Um, um, he, he, you know, certainly he's saying he's going to raise taxes. It's unclear because he's saying he's going to repeal t- uh, the Trump tax cuts, uh, which middle America, I think it's about 50% of Americans um, paying taxes, I think filers actually, um, benefited are, from are in the 12% tax bracket. Okay. That used to be 15. So if you repeal the Trump tax cut, immediately it goes back to 15 and the standard deductions go away, the the double, the bigger, excuse me, but um, we would get exemptions back. Right. But it, it absolutely, for the people in that 15% tax bracket, what's 12 now, would be a higher rate right. day one. Absolutely. There, there, it's just math. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not being partisan here. It's just math. Um, so, but then he says they're not going to raise it on anyone over 400. So, or less than 400,000 of income. So that's unclear to me. Yeah. How can you take that away and then not raise it? Are, are you just repealing certain parts and are you allowed to do that? I, I don't know. And I guess for this, I don't care, but here's the deal. Let's just say it's going to be higher taxes. I, I quite frankly think that would happen certainly to corporations. Absolutely. I don't even think that's a question. Um, at least not based on what they're saying. That should lo- lower economic growth. Mm-hmm. But as we record this show right now, we still don't have a, a second stimulus package. Correct. Which is what is high on that side's list. What would... Yeah, exactly. What would happen if you had a President Biden? A stimulus package would probably be... Huge. ...given out on the 18th. Yeah. And I it'd believe be, it's the 17th. That's inauguration day. I don't know. Thing would be trillions upon trillions upon trillions, right? Right. That I mean, look at what happened. We closed down eighty percent of the U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. Closed it. We added five trillion dollars. The the markets went down forty percent. We added five trillion with a T, and our, the whole economy is not even open yet. No, you got huge places that aren't even open. No, California still shut down. <clears throat> I saw that uh, about AMC theaters. They said ten percent of their gross sales just comes from New York City and L.A. Both theaters in those areas still shut down. So right. there's still massive shutdowns. We went down 40%. We we dip, we threw in $5 trillion of stimulus and the markets have basically come all the way back. Yep. So imagine if they weren't down, if you added $3 trillion, even though you had higher taxes. Mm-hmm. It's going to offset. This is what I've seen economists say is it's going to offset it. Now, that's on a short term. I want you to think of stimulus like steroids. Okay. So you remember Jose Canseco? Yes. Uh, steroids were fantastic for Jose Canseco on a short-term basis. Which they usually <clears throat> are fantastic on a short-term basis. On a short-term basis, he had phenomenal numbers. Now the dude is old, his body's falling apart, and he looks kind of weird. 
Aren't you judgmental? No, it's again, it's just fact. Look it up. Canseco, weird. Just a weird looking man at this point. And he, he just, I don't think he's all with it anymore. Anyhow, stimulus is the same same thing. It's steroids. On a short-term basis, her, it helps. Right. Long-term, it slows things down, it breaks it apart, and it makes things look kind of weird. And it probably ends up hurting people over time because they're so used to the extra and then boop, it's gone. Yeah. So, from a short-term basis, I know there's a lot of people worried, you know, November, December, January, whatever, um, what the stock market's going to do if the person they don't want um, to win wins. The reality is, uh, if you get a President Trump, you're probably going to get deregulation, same thing you have now. You're probably going to get infrastructure, and you're going to get you're going to get uh, philosophies that tend to help the market go up. Right. Whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, that's for you to decide. Who it benefits, that's for you to decide. It's just, that's the trend that happens. If you get a President Biden, you're going to put long-term trends in that should stagnate, based on what they're saying, stagnate economic growth. Mm -hmm. Okay? But the stimulus should offset that. Right. So from a short-term perspective, you probably won't have a huge move one way or the other. Right. You'll see it in a couple years. Exactly. That's all the time we have for today. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.